Hello everyone and welcome back to the Manifesting Gaia podcast. My name is Gaia and I just want to say thank you for tuning in today. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Manifesting Gaia podcast, your source for all things spiritual and all things debunking so that you can live your most optimal life. If you're listening to the show on any podcasting platform that allows you to rate the show, please give the show five stars and follow and subscribe to the show if possible. And all my social medias are at Manifesting Gaia, that is my Twitter and my TikTok, and my YouTube channel is Manifest It Finesse It. So a couple things. Number one, This is the last episode in season one of the show, and I won't be talking to you guys until season three, and I'm going to explain why. So, all of season two, I will be doing a 30-day meditation challenge. So, starting from April 16th to May 16th, I will be uploading a meditation every day at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, I won't be checking in like hey guys like welcome back it'll just be the meditation um this challenge is 100% inspired by iris daily i'll have her channel link below or you can just look up iris daily on youtube um so i mean you guys can do our challenges together like two meditations in the same day or just make it a 60 day challenge which sounds really fun to me so so with that being said i just want to say thank you so much for being here with me this season i'm not i didn't really have any expectations for my show i thought it'd be best to not um but if you would have told me my show would have hit listeners from every like in every continent with the exception of antarctica (laughs) i wouldn't have believed you so thank you so much for the people who come back every week and those who find the show every day it is so weird seeing people like oh like three people streamed your show today and like i didn't even upload an episode that day it's just like a random tuesday like people just find me and just play my episodes so thank you so much um i can't stress how important meditation is if you've always said you're going to start meditating and you've been procrastinating it this challenge is a perfect way to start all of them are perfect to do in the morning or at night because some of them aren't dedicated to the nighttime Um, I don't think any of the meditations are going to exceed 10 minutes. The first three don't even exceed five minutes. Um, I tried to make them as beginner friendly as possible and time friendly as possible. Um, I do have a YouTube channel where I post every Thursday and Saturday though. And I talk about law of assumption and manifestation. So if you still want to see me like twice a week in real time and able to interact, um, you can check me out. Um, so today's episode, I, I, (laughs) it took me two days to make these notes like yesterday and Friday and I, I was getting so emotional and so angry. I cried so many times and making the notes for this and I was just like, what the heck is going on? Like, I was so mad, like as if like I didn't spend an entire summer healing this stuff and then i found out um the sun was in crayon which if you don't know crayon i've talked about when it was in retrograde in the summertime um basically crayon basically exposes like old emotional wounds and like the deep ones not like the breakup you just had but like the first ever time you were in love and like your heart got really really like you know like the deep wounds and it can make you feel like all your work was for nothing so i mean that makes sense um would i have um made the notes when i if i knew that um probably not but i mean everything happens for a reason and there are definitely 
lessons for me to learn. <laughs> so this episode is going to be very therapeutic for me. Um, I'm going to be talking, I'm going to be getting very deep and transparent and raw and unfiltered. And I thought I was going to make the last episode of the season lighthearted and like, you know, let's end on a high note. <laughs> but um, that's just not the case, which is fine. Uh, so today's episode is basically about mother and father wounds. And just a trigger warning, I'm going to be talking about topics like domestic abuse and suicide. I'll try to put a timestamp in the show notes. Um, but if I don't remember to, I'm going to give the trigger warning again right before I talk about the topics. Also, I'm going to be a little bit more vulgar. I'm going to assume I'm going to be a little bit more vulgar because I get when I'm emotional I kind of like lose my filter, I guess, because my words aren't really on my mind. Um, yeah, so like I said, I cried a lot when I was making the notes. I've never had to cry or take breaks from an episode, from making notes for an episode the way I did. So I don't know if I'm going to cry while filming this or recording this. Um, if I, if I do and I cry to the point where I can't even like continue to record then I'm just gonna like cap it where I'm at and then save the rest for another time <laughs> yeah it's it's that intense so actually I want us to take a deep breath right now so <laughs> breathe in and breathe out okay I feel a little bit better I didn't meditate this morning which I probably should have but I kind of just woke up and then finished the notes and then started filming so we're gonna see um, again, I don't even know how long this episode is going to be. I want it to be in my, in between my regular 15 to 30 minutes. Um, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see. This is, yeah. So I'm just going to get into it. Um, so based on my beliefs, I do believe that we choose our parents before we incarnate. I think we choose them based on the lessons that come with being their child and also to help them heal and help heal our lineage as a whole. Um, I've known about this idea since I was very, very young. Um, I remember like when I first heard it, I was like, there's no way I chose these people to be my parents. But I mean, it makes sense. So um, a background on my parents and their families. So both of my parents are, both of my parents' sides are super religious. Both sides are Catholic. And it was more than like go to church every weekend Catholic, especially on my father's side. It was like saying novenas for every saint. When I was little, I lived with my grandmom in Cameroon for a few years. We prayed the rosary every night, did the mysteries based on the days of the week every night. My grandma prayed every day and night at 12, 3, 6, and 9 o'clock. She had an alarm on her phone. My father as well. If you are a guy, let's say like you got seashells from Nazareth, which is where Jesus is from. My dad would buy it from you for any price. And then have it blessed by, like, a priest. Like, he, my family's blessed everything, you know. Rosaries, rings, tennis shoes. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, they'll bless anything. Um, now, my great-grandma on my paternal side, paternal meaning my father's side, and maternal meaning my mother's side. So, my grandmom's parents were Muslim. And my grandma converted to Catholicism. And the generations before her were Muslim too. So Catholicism on my father's side has only existed for one generation. And on top of that, my granddad, so her husband, was Protestant, which is just another denomination of Christianity. And my mom's side isn't as religious. Like my mom, my grandma, 
my mom's mom prays every morning and does daily mass but like she's not like the let me buy like these seashells from nazareth like you know i'm just saying this because of religious trauma um which is very real which i'll maybe make an episode on one day i'm not really gonna get into it here but i just wanted to give like that you know background um i'm not catholic or religious at all (laughs) so you can only imagine how my religious mom took that but anyways both of my parents are a hundred percent cameroonian and they're immigrants cool okay so what is a mother and a father wound their wounds sorry if i'm making noise i just like keep like hitting stuff so i'm sorry but their wounds that you get through your male and female caregivers it's the trauma that they give you when you're a child that is still embedded in you as you grow up that affects the way you operate so psa you didn't have to grow up with both or any parents to have the wounds okay you could have had a parent die when you were really young a parent walk out you may have never even met a parent maybe you were a foster child and moved around a lot and never had you know like two official set of caretakers most people under those kind of categories fall under the have a big abandonment wound So in their adult life, they have issues with self-worth and feeling good enough, feeling worthy of receiving love, praise, or anything of that sort. Another bigger PSA, a more important one. You could have lived with both parents. They could have been married, never divorced, no half-siblings, no step-siblings, no half-parents, step-parent, whatever, and still have an abandonment wound and still feel abandoned. That is one thing I can't stand. When people who when people who didn't grow up with both parents tell people who grew up with both parents who still have trauma from their parents well at least you had both parents you don't know what it's like living in two households um y'all know how much i hate projection i hate projection so the same way a person with both married parents may not know what it's like only having one parent or two households or no parents You will never know what it's like to have only one household and married parents. So stop speaking on things that you know nothing about. You're not the only one with trauma and issues. Okay. (laughs) So some people may have had emotionally unavailable parents or a parent. Maybe their parents worked all the time and never paid any attention or they never saw them because they always worked long hours. Maybe their parents suffered from addiction or substance abuse and couldn't care for them in the ways they needed but we're there but we're just always high um maybe their parents spent a lot of time in the hospital due to illness so you can have both parents in your life or both parents in the house and there but not actually there so all of those things may also contribute to abandonment wounds so now i'm gonna go into more detail about my parents and i guess the sides of them that would make you understand why i would have trauma so I want to start by talking about my father. <laughs> um, this is from my point of view growing up. Um, so he, I'm going to interchange between he is and he was because I don't really know what kind of tense to talk about it. And so if I say, oh, he was, but then I go, he is like, just, I'm just, just bear with me. So he is a very, very angry man, like very angry, like gets mad over everything He has absolutely zero patience and zero tolerance for anything. He only knows how to express himself through anger and yelling. Everything is black and white. There's no gray. There's no maybe. There's no kind of. There's no I'm not sure. 
and as a child everything was gray you know so you could only imagine <laughs> what that was like for me um he wants everything done fast and like you know but at the same time if you're sloppy because you're going too fast he gets mad he's very loud and disrupts people but if as a child because you know children are loud if i was too loud i would get in trouble and punishment was physical um i don't really remember getting hit but one thing he did do this was like his signature um if you will was he would grab the top of my ear and twist it inwards like i don't know how to explain it like i'd have to show you i don't know i don't know if you can picture what i'm trying to say um if you try it on yourself um <laughs> you can kind of feel it like a little bit like hurt a little bit so just imagine someone doing it like really fast and like without your consent like yeah so um i found out like two weeks ago that's how his dad um punished him and his siblings so I was very like eye-opening and one of the earliest memories I do have of him putting his hands on me oh the story <laughs> the story just it never gets old so I was six years old and I remember this so vividly so our school my school gave us homework planners and we would have calendars in the front of the books and they were printed out and taped so that you could change them out every month and every day, they would either give us a sticker or a number. And based on your behavior that whole day. So a number means you did something wrong. And each number had a meaning. So one could be you bullied someone. And two could be you were talking in class. So if you got a number, it had a reason behind it. So one day, I got a number. And I, I just remember, it was the number six. <laughs> and which meant I was talking in class. And when it comes to school... Like most immigrant parents, my parents were rigid as like there was no reason. It didn't matter. Like it, did, there was no reason why, you know, I don't have a like straight A's, A pluses. There's no reason why I'm talking in class. Like it doesn't matter. Immigrant parents value education like no other, and Americans don't care about education. So, in Cameroon, where my family's originally originally from, if you were talking in class, um you would get in trouble and this is like the point of view from my parents growing up and so I don't know if they still do it like this I have it I don't really know but the teachers were allowed to put their hands on you and then on top of that they'd tell your parents so that when you got home you'd get beaten as well so by the way beating your children doesn't teach them discipline it shows them that you don't know how to properly communicate as an adult and that violence is the answer so I just want to say that's not discipline. I'm not even going to get into that because anyways. So as a six-year-old would, I'd talk in class. And anytime I got a number, I'd bring it to my mom because my father, as I just, as I described, clinically insane. Um, I didn't even want to imagine what would happen if I brought my calendar to him. So, you know, I was just like, okay. But this one time, my mom was like, go show your dad. Because your parents had to sign the calendar at the end of every week so that the teacher would know that they were seeing how your behavior was. Like, they, they knew that you were getting in trouble or that you were doing good or whatever. And don't even talk about, oh, you could have just forged it. Like, I was six. I didn't even know how to spell signature, you know. So, anyways, I show my father the number. And he gets up. 
and he slaps me across my face and busts my lip open. Obviously, I start crying because, you know, and my mom was there watching the whole thing. Like, we were, it was the three of us in the living room. I don't, I don't even remember what my, like, and on top of that, my father started yelling. I don't even remember what he was saying. I literally didn't give a fuck. Anytime my father yells or would yell, I would shut off my brain. And I had to because, one, he yelled at me for everything. Like, any little thing, it was yelling. And number two, I couldn't take it personal. Because if I did, no joke, I probably wouldn't be here today. Like, that, that, if I took everything he said personal or, like, was conscious or allowed myself to remember, like, my, you know, I couldn't, I, yeah. Um, you know, like, I'd get insulted for, like, getting insults yelled at you for forgetting to put something away at six years old is at the very least traumatizing. So anyways, <laughs> I remember going up the stairs that night to my room and crying myself to sleep. And I cried myself to sleep from the ages like 6 to maybe 13, about 300 out of 365 nights a year, solely because of my dad's abuse. Um, as a child, I was extremely sensitive and emotional, um, Pisces, Sun, Cancer, Moon, but I cried about everything everything also both of my parents are Tauruses my mom is born in April and my father's born in May unfortunately <laughs> for me I selected a father who hates hearing or seeing children cry because in his mind if you're literally not a baby like from the ages like one day to two years old you shouldn't be crying he absolutely hated when I say hated hated and I didn't find this out till 2020, but it made sense. He hated when I would talk to him and cry. Because in his mind, it was like, don't talk to me if you're going to sit there and cry. Um, don't sit there and try to talk to me while you're trying to hyperventilate yourself to stop crying. And especially don't talk to me, don't cry when I yell at you to stop crying. Mind you, I'm like six, seven, eight, nine years old. But to him, that is old enough for me to not have those emotions. So, because of that, my nervous system got wrecked. I cry every time I try to speak my mind. Like, today. I'm talking about today. I cry every time I try to speak my mind or try to stand up for myself, especially with my parents. And I also cry to any authoritative authoritative figure that is a male and has more power than me when I try to speak my mind. And I hate it. And I'm trying to not despise that part of myself. But it's just a mixture of embarrassing and frustrating, like not being able to express myself without like crying or having my eyes water up or choking up or having a shaky voice. Like it's not cute. Now, when it came to my mom, honestly, growing up, she was very sweet up until I got into high school. We're going to get into that later. Growing up, my parents fought like crazy. I would go to sleep and hear them fighting hours on end and most of their fights were about me <laughs> my father had this misconception that my mom just let me do whatever i wanted and whatever and by whatever i wanted that meant having sleepovers and hanging out with my friends every weekend which i guess at the end of the day is a privilege but he was acting like she was letting me buy alcohol at 12 years old like it was not that serious not that serious so yeah i'll so that put a big strain on their marriage for the first I mean, they got married after I was born, but they were together, uh, yeah, but for a long time. So, if you're a parent, um, or planning on being one, maybe try and talk about parenting techniques and the way you plan about going on raising your kids with your partner. 
trust me that would save a lot of children from parents that they don't deserve um that's literally advice from a from a divorce attorney like that's one of the leading causes of divorce is parenting because why would you have kids with someone that you don't even know how they plan on going about raising your kids um you know what they say every child deserves parents but not every parent deserves children and that's on god also maybe take some parenting classes or buy some parenting books my father's older my father's oldest brother bought my parents a parenting book they didn't read it they just was like whatever couldn't imagine what my life might have been like if they actually cracked the book open um also uh, couldn't imagine what my life would be like if they went to therapy stop making your children heal from what you're too lazy to heal from if your child comes to you and asks you to go to therapy like first of all that says a lot but go if they say they need therapy because god knows how long i told my mom to get therapy before i told her i needed it (laughs) um go i mean she's just just go please um also i would like to vouch for every human being to take a developmental psychology course uh like a college course that course was so insightful for me and taught me so much and helped me understand so much and i feel more prepared to have children because i understand why i act the way i act in terms of my abuse um also i thought this was common sense but for my parents it wasn't never fight about your child and literally talk shit about them when they're in the pre- in your in your in front of you or in the house i mean why are you talking shit about a 10 year old in your 40s anyways but my mother was never physical with me. She was more just a talkative person. She never even yelled at me. She was just like, you know, like, oh my God, like, I can't believe you're doing that. Um, And her reason, not that she didn't care. It's not like she didn't care and, like, you know, she was, like, a mom that didn't care. But her reasoning for acting like that was because my father did enough of the assault. So why would she need to put extra assault, like... Like, she understood that the way my father was treating me, like, I got the message. Like, she didn't even have to, she didn't even have to do anything. And I'm going to get into this later, but my mom is very, very extremely emotionally unavailable, unintelligent, and unaware. So, the fact that she could, like, see that he was insane and she didn't need to be more insane because this was affecting a youth. I will give that to her, though, because any other any other thing she would not but i'll give that to her so basically everything was cool with me and my mom my whole childhood i was even able to talk to her about my father whenever i got angry and i don't even want to say she let me because expressing your emotions and feelings isn't a privilege and shouldn't be for a child but i felt comfortable crying around her and she allowed me to because she didn't understand my trauma and the abuse um that I was suffering but on a surface level she understood that he was insane for no reason so for most children when you're a child you don't really understand abuse for me it was just kind of like my father likes to yell and he's mean to me um it was affecting me greatly but I didn't understand it was from that and I didn't really realize so I got into middle school and started piecing everything together and at first it started with depression um trigger warning right now so anyways i became suicidal in like eighth grade and i was 13 
and that was more because I felt worthless and I felt like I wasn't good enough I mean I never was because no matter what I did nothing was ever good enough for my father unless I was getting a straight A's and A pluses which is conditional so obviously love with conditions even though he'll swear to god that he loved me no matter what but anyways um yeah don't even get me started on how he acted when it came to school because I already told y'all these Ooh, I don't want to group immigrant parents together, but like, ooh, traumatizing. Okay. Um, but I didn't tell anyone I was suicidal. Um, but I wanted help. Any suicidal person wants help. I don't know what this whole stigma is, but they're looking for attention. Like, they want help. Anyways, so I was 13, didn't really know about suicide, didn't really know that about like writing notes or anything. I just knew how I wanted to do it and what day I wanted to dip. Um, but I was so depressed. Like, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything. I was just in so much pain. So, the day comes that I plan on doing it. I was going to do it in my house. And I'm upstairs in my house in my room. I'm in bed. And it was so weird because I wasn't scared of the pain. Like, of what the way I plan on going. And I recently learned in psychology that when people self-harm, they don't actually feel the pain. And I never self-harm. Um, I couldn't, I'm one of those, like, either I'm going to be dead or alive. Like, I couldn't do the in-between shit. Like, that, it just, it just wasn't it for me. So, but I felt so confident. It was so weird. Like, and like I said, I learned this in psychology and it makes sense, but it was so weird. Like, I was like, it's not going to hurt. And now I think about it, like, right now, if I thought about doing what I wanted to do, like, I'm sure that that pain would be excruciating. But I just remember feeling so numb. But anyways, so the day's here and I'm like, okay, like, let's go. But I was just paralyzed in my bed. I couldn't move. And it's not that I didn't want to do it that day because I did. But I wasn't motivated. Now, if my father would have came in my room that day and, like, insulted me or started yelling for me at something that, like, like anything, for sure, for sure, like, I would have been downstairs and, yeah, but I guess it was kind of like, I just needed one more trigger that day, and I didn't receive it, so, <laughs> thank God for that, so anyways, anyways, a little bit after that, I was at the doctor's for my yearly checkup, and I don't know if y'all from America or not, I know I don't have listeners from America, but basically how it works um, in American pediatrics is you fill out a questionnaire sheet, and the last question is always in the last month, in the last 12 months, have you thought about suicide? And a lot of kids lie on this stuff because they just be asking you questions like, do you drink, do you smoke? Obviously, these are underage people taking these questionnaires. Why would they put yes, whatever? And usually I would have lied on that part, like the suicide part, but I put yes that time and my mom was in the room my doctor asked, she was like, what's wrong? And I explained to her, I was like, I was, sorry, I'm so sorry. I just hit the mic and made, I'm sorry. Um, but I explained to her, I'm talking with my aunt, so sorry. But I was just explaining to her, I was like, I'm sad or whatever. And she recommended me to a therapist. And I didn't know anything about therapy back then. I actually think it was a psychiatrist. But basically, I didn't know anything about any of that type of stuff. So my psychiatrist was a really nice lady. I remember her name. She had red hair. She was cute or whatever. Now at the time, I was blaming my depression on an external factor, a person who wasn't my father. Um, and I wasn't even blaming it on the way I was getting treated at home because again, I was still a child. Like wasn't looking to blame this on 
my caregivers because we we always want to see the best. We always want to see our fathers and mothers as superheroes and people that love us unconditionally. So I did bring up how my dad was to her and every therapist I've ever met. Like they know, like they know, like he's just, but at that time it wasn't clicking that that was what was affecting me in the grand scheme of things. So after one of my first sessions with this lady, she diagnosed me with depression and anxiety. And I remember telling my mom after I got out the office, I was like, you know, like she diagnosed me with depression and anxiety. And my mom was like, no, like you don't have that. Like, what is she talking about? Like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. La, 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 la. So after my third or fourth session with this woman, I just stopped going. My parents, like, my parents just stopped taking me. I didn't really mind because one, she wasn't helpful. And two, again, I didn't realize, I didn't really know anything. Again, I didn't know anything about therapy. I didn't really see it as unnecessary. So I entered high school and I don't really remember the exact moment. I just know that my hatred for my father was at an all-time high. Like I actually hated him. And this hatred lasted for four years, so 14 to 18. And I never... And since then, have never hated anyone the way I hated him. I remember if I would talk about someone and it'd be like, oh my god, I hate this person. I'd be like, I'd stop myself. I'd literally stop myself. And I'd be like, nope, the only person I hate on this earth is my father. There's someone I hate more than him. <laughs> so, so there's no, like, I can't even put into words how much I hated him. I, but if anyone ever hates you the way I hated him, like, I'm praying for you because it was intense. Um, I never thought I would stop hating him. I just hoped that when I was able to rely on myself financially, it'd be cut off this, it'd cut him off, cut everyone off, and never talk to anyone ever again. Um, still kind of my plan, but not out of hate, but just boundaries. But again, getting into that later. Um, he didn't know any of this. My mom didn't know any of this. I couldn't express it. I wasn't allowed to. Um, because I developed, I had the biggest throat chakra block of all time um I wasn't allowed to anytime I expressed my feelings it was either seen as disrespectful I wasn't allowed to stand up for myself to an older adult especially my dad my feelings were seen as unimportant you know why are you crying you shouldn't cry like you're not a baby like so suppressed everything couldn't express it my parents still somehow see me as the problem oh why don't you just tell us how you feel anyways 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 um so as we know unreleased trauma gets stored in the body so as every year went on my hate grew and got worse for him and when I entered high school I became relentless because obviously I hated him I was like I'm not listening to anyone who I hate and my father was very military-esque He'd never served, his father never served, but he was just had that demeanor. So one thing I absolutely hated that he made me do, and I still, he doesn't make me do it, but I just still hate it whenever I think about it because it's fucking stupid. I would have to greet him. <laughs> like, did you hear what I just said? Like, greet, greet. Like, who the fuck greet? Who the fuck, like, greet? I, like, I greet somebody I'm never going to see again. I greet somebody, you know at a party I've never been to I don't greet even I don't even say greet I just say I said hello like what the fuck what the fuck says greet like bro I'm your kid and I know a lot of old ass like people um are like my kid isn't my friend my kid isn't my friend like we're not no I'm not your friend I'm your fucking mom or dad or whatever 
But let me tell you something. Kids, meaning teenagers and young adults, will always envy the kids whose parents are their friends. My friends who can tell their parents anything, period, envious, cute little relationship going on. So I have this, one of my best friends, I go over her house and her mom's there. And let's say my friend goes to the bathroom and me and her mom are in the room alone. We'll literally talk like my mom or her mom will be like, did she tell you about this, this, this? And I'll be like, oh my God, no, what happened? And then she'll, her mom will tell me or I'll be with my friend and I'll be like, did you tell your mom this yet? She'll be like, yeah. And I'll be like so happy because I just like talking with her mom. I like gossiping with her mom. So... I mean, you do you, but if you made it clear to your child every single time that you guys weren't friends and all that you have is a power dynamic, it's like you do what I say because I'm older than you or they do what you say because you provide for them and you demand um, and you demand respect, which in romantic relationships is literally abuse, but for some reason it's not when it comes to parent children. Anyways... Then stop acting confused why they don't tell you anything. Why they, why you guys don't have a relationship. Why you don't know the person you raised. Like, it's because you didn't raise them. Like, you programmed them. You made it clear to them that you weren't friends. Why the hell do you think 18, 19, 20 years later, they wouldn't want anything to do with you or be your friend? Like, this isn't... It's not enough to give food, water, and clothes to someone and call yourself a good parent. The government can do that for them. So, if your child was never your friend, they're never going to be your friend. Stop thinking you can treat five, six, seven, eight, nine year olds however you want, anyhow, because you see them as dumb and not understanding. Because when they're 12 to 16 and they start to resent you, you're going to wonder why. And it's because they're going to piece together the way you actually treated them. I'm so sick of seeing parents play victim of circumstances they caused. But any fucking ways, I digress once again. But... My father would make me greet him. Like, I'd have to say good morning, good night, good evening. Like, them words you would use in the 1800s at a fucking ballroom party. But anyways, like, formally. Like, I'd have to say it like that. I couldn't say hello. I remember I used to say hello. And he got mad. Like, he would get mad. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, ooh. Whew. So, anyways, whenever he came home from work and I was upstairs, I would have to drop everything I was doing, whatever I was doing, come downstairs, greet my father, and it was cool for me to go back upstairs, but if I didn't greet him, I was in trouble. Mind you, his bedroom is upstairs as well, and you have to pass my room to get to his room, but God forbid he was the one that had to say hi to me, that was like unacceptable, I had to go downstairs just for me to go back upstairs, just for him to go back upstairs and pass my bedroom, (sighs) but anyways, so my father had like this ugly he had this ugly 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 unattractive disgusting vile inhumane obsession with power he had to be in control of everything especially when it came to me aka his child he never apologized for anything because that requires you to admit you were wrong why is he admitting he's wrong to his own child god forbid he admits he's wrong um, he never apologized. The most he ever did was buy me food, which isn't a fucking apology. Please learn that. If you're a parent, please learn that. Please learn that. Please learn that. Um, he apologized to me for, like, small things. Like, if he, if he ate my food that I was saving in my fridge, um, yeah, he'd apologize. But, like, when he knew it was required of him to admit he was wrong in a conscious way. Great example. Okay, so, to give some imagery, my father is 6'1" maybe 210 pounds right now at the time of my childhood maybe like 185 ish pounds whatever 
when I was a child, he was very big on squeezing me and my mom's arms until it hurt. Now, I'm a child. So, if it was hurting my mom, like, it hurt me 20 times more. Because, how I'm like, 5'1", please. Um, and we both would ask him to stop. He never did. And it got me angrier because, what the fuck? Like, I just hate when you ask somebody to stop doing something and they take it as a joke. Like, it's not... Okay. Anyways. So, and I hate being touched. And I don't know if I, like adopted that from the fact that he always did that or if it was my mom which we'll get into later but if I complained it hurt he would never apologize he'd just be like stop being a little bitch um he never said that like my parents never cussed at me but this is like what they should like they might as well have said like what I say so if I say something and you're like damn like they, they probably never said it like that but they might as well have like you might as well just say that because anyways back to the greeting shit so, I never did that shit because you're not going to have me lining up for roll call in my own fucking house. Like, now, as we know, when dictators don't get what they want, um, they get angry and act out. Um, so, more so, he would do verbal abuse, of, like, for stuff like that. Um, but I couldn't count how many times he's called me disrespectful since I got into high school. Like, I told you, I don't give a fuck. Like, if I don't like you, I don't like you. Like, call me what you want. I don't give a fuck. But anyways... Fast forward to August 2020, um, it's quarantine, we're living with my parents, and we're living in the small townhouse, <clears throat> um, it's my childhood home or whatever, so now I'm home 24-7, obviously, spending the most time I ever did around my parents, um, and going out was my way of getting away with my friends, or getting away from my parents, um, obviously, couldn't be going out like that because of COVID or whatever, um, so I was home. So, mind you, I was in my room 23 out of 24 hours of the day, unhealthy, but when you're in a toxic environment, like, there's only, like, it's either, like, have good physical health and terrible mental health, have decent mental health and bad physical health, like, there was no way of getting all my health needs met. So, I only ever left to use the bathroom or eat, I barely ate, I was lucky to even have two meals a day, not, like, not that my parents wouldn't feed me, I don't want you to think it was out of, like, they deprived me of food, it was out of choice. So, I'd eat one meal a day and a bunch of snacks, wasn't healthy, gained weight, was weak, whatever. Um, and that's mostly because my father took up the entire downstairs. So, everything was open. So, if you were sitting at the front door of my old townhouse, like, you could see the living room, dining room, hallway, the kitchen, and the top of the stairs from where you're standing. Like, very small layout, everything open, whatever. So, anyways, so if I hate this man, hate his aura, hate being around him, for, even regardless of that, even if I didn't hate him, literally every time I stepped out of my bedroom and had to be around him, he'd pick on me, we'd end up fighting, he'd just start an argument, like, Jesus Christ, like, but like, he would just always have to say something, always have to put me in a worse mood than I was when I left my fucking room, so, it was either food or keeping the 20% of my mental health that wasn't, that was keeping me from going into suicidal depression again, so I chose to stay in my room. And I had an attachment to my room because it was the only place since I was a child that no one could bother me. I was never attacked. I could cry in silence, like nobody, you know, etc. And so one day in August, I'm crying because I'm depressed and I hate him. And I feel stuck. I hate every day in my house, like, you know. Um, and I went to my mom's room and I was crying. And I just tell her everything, like everything, like the stuff I never told her before. 
I tell her how much I hate him. I tell him he's the reason I was suicidal. Everything, everything I've been holding back for over 15 years, told her. Um, I don't really remember this moment because it was really blurry, but I was in her room and he came in and asked what was going on because he just walked in on me crying. And my mom told him and he kind of got annoyed, I guess. Again, I don't really remember. And my mom suggested that we all go to therapy together. So I'm like, cool. Again, parents need therapy. I'm never against that. I'm willing to go if it means whole fucking go, whatever. So we go. And first of all, the therapist that we had sucked. I don't even know how to describe it. He literally never asked me how I felt ever. Never asked me any questions. Like, I'm the whole reason why we're here. So anyways, he was hyper fixated on the fact that my parents were immigrants and from Cameroon. Like, it was weird. I didn't like him. I wanted a woman. That was my first man ever and the only man I've ever had ever as a therapist. I'm not discriminating, but I just felt like the woman could understand me more or whatever. Um, and I told my mom that, that I wasn't getting anything out of him and that I wanted a woman therapist for myself, not even for me and my father. I didn't really give a fuck. Um, like, and for that reason was because my father, again, with the power controlling, because therapy requires you to be in a state where you don't have power and that you have to be, if you want to progress and get anywhere, you have to be vulnerable and tell me why my father would literally argue with our therapist like like this man who went to school for this shit has like how many degrees on his wall my father's arguing talking about you don't know what you're talking about like so for example the therapist actually agreed with me that my father making me say good morning good night come downstairs was weird because that's exactly what it was it was weird as fuck that's weird if that's your child that's weird why like okay like we're not besties that's cool but i'm also not a fucking military kid obviously my father didn't agree um i know a lot of immigrant parents don't understand this concept but you can't bring how you were raised into a country that you're not even from and you can't force it either it's not your choice and I don't know what in your right mind would make you think that you could. Like, you were a child 40 years ago. So, anyways. Um, but my mom said that she would get me my own therapist that was a woman because I was begging for it. Like, having this man therapist was making me worse. And she agreed, but she never did. So keep that in mind for later. So, but like I said, a lot of this time is blurry. I do remember this one moment. I was sitting down in my kitchen table i was probably already crying or at least i did after i expressed this or while i was trying to express this because you know cry over everything my mom and my father were there and i basically told my father that he was the reason why i was suicidal i don't know what kind of response i was expecting but i guess i wanted him to feel bad not in like a i'm the worst father ever like i can't i'm so like that's guilt tripping and it's ugly it's ugly if you're a parent and you guilt trip your children you're ugly also, my father wasn't that type. Like, he would never say that in a million years. Like, I'd, I'd agree that he was a terrible parent. Like, so that would have been weird. I didn't, so I didn't even want that anyways, because that would have been weird. But basically, he said that it was stupid for me to even want to do that on a love myself because I didn't have it that bad. He said, <laughs> um, yeah, he said that what he put me through as if he had any idea what I had been through in the last 12 years um shouldn't be enough for me to want to take my life and that there are children who are literally refugees that have to flee their countries because of a war going on in their home country that aren't suicidal do y'all feel my rant coming on because I do because I'm about to rant 
<laughs> I'm literally about to make a parenting one-on-one series because first of all, your child or not, your friend or not, your boss, your coworker, your neighbor, your priest, I don't really care who it is. If someone tells you they're suicidal or depressed, do not give them reason. Do not ever, ever give them reasons why they shouldn't be. Because don't you think if those reasons were enough, they wouldn't be in the state they were in? What the fuck do you think you're going to do? Like, you're not some fucking grand wizard. Stop telling people why they should be happy and be on the earth. It doesn't make any sense. They're obviously sick. I'm so sick of small-minded people. All these college degrees, all these diplomas, and you still can't understand basic human emotions and basic human psychology. Stop coddling. This is for, like, millennials and gen z stop coddling your parents like it's not hard to understand someone's sad maybe i should fucking listen like telling someone they can't be sad because someone has it worse is like telling someone they can't be happy because someone has it better oh you just bought a new house cool drake is selling three of his houses oh you just you just got promoted at your job cool there's still somebody that's always going to be getting paid more than you oh you just graduated cool the people who have three times your salary and didn't even have to go to college for that shit you see how that feels yeah so stop telling people how they should feel you've never walked a day in their shoes and i'm never one to complain especially to my parents again i suppress whatever i'm feeling so nobody really knows me anybody who thinks they know me they don't um they couldn't like my parents can never tell you one bad day i had in high school or the time frame of when i was suicidal if i never said anything they would have never known i was suicidal so you do not have the right to tell people how they should feel or how they do feel because it makes you uncomfortable how they actually feel imagine one day in their life so anyways digressing again <laughs> but after he said that it set me over the edge i was so angry i mean it makes sense he literally invalidated the lowest point in my life my mom didn't care either i remember i was literally i was like i'm literally telling you i should be dead right now and you don't care my father i already hated i just added that to the list of things i didn't like about him but my mom, I was like, girl, why are you acting like if you wasn't at my funeral right now, you wouldn't be praying for a second chance with me? Like, stop taking me for granted. Like, take, like, whew. So, <laughs> so this was the beginning of a mother wound that I didn't even know I was going to have. But anyways, after a couple more sessions with my therapist, he was like, um, he said that me and my father didn't need to see him anymore because we were good. He was like, there's nothing else I can do for you. You guys seem good. He was wrong. He was just lazy as hell. Um, he told my mom that I should go see a therapist for my own personal mental health, just me, and it should be a woman, which if you remember earlier, I said that before he did, and she was like, sure, and that made me angry because she didn't listen to me when I was telling her that my mental health was deteriorating, and she only did when a professional told her as if anybody on this planet can know me better than I know myself, but anyways, so from then, our relationship was like me and my father was really strained so fast forward to this past june he picks me up june meeting 2021 he picks me from uh, he picks me up from work one day and this story is so stupid i've told every single human being on this planet i've told every single therapist i've had like two therapists since then i told all my friends everybody knows the story but i'll tell it one more fucking time for the <laughs> i'll do it one more for the time for the one time so basically my uncle sent me money through my father and my father was supposed to give it to me right because my uncle didn't have my paypal which i don't get why he didn't just ask me instead of giving it to someone to give it to me but anyways i had just finished an eight hour shift i wasn't on my phone all day i didn't go on my phone at that job i see so i just see that like what i just told y'all like my uncle sent me money and through my dad and he was gonna give it to me 
I just saw, so I saw that text message as I was walking to the car. Um, so I didn't even really process it because I got in. I was like, cool. I didn't even want my father to pick me up. I hate when he picks me up. I could have walked home. I wanted my mom to pick me up. I would rather walk home, but he was picking me up. My mom, my mom was very like, she didn't really care how I felt about that type of stuff. Like if I said, I don't want him to pick me up, I'd rather walk. She'd be like, no, like just let him pick you up. Like my mom, very ignorant, doesn't give a crap about my feelings, my emotions, my mental health. We're getting into that later. So I get in the car. He repeats what he just said in the text messages. I'm like, okay, cool. And he goes, make sure you call him and thank him. And I'm like, I will. So this uncle that I'm talking about lives in London. So we're like five. So he's like five to six hours ahead. And I didn't even have the money either. Like, again, this money was still in my father's account. Um, that's one thing um, immigrants parent, immigrant parents do a lot. Why am I thanking someone for literal air? You're gatekeeping what is mine. Sometimes they don't even be giving it to you. They just want you to be t- thanking them. One time, this is going to be a quick, quick, quick story. But one time I was eight years old. My uncle gave my other uncle $20 to give me. Stop passing money through people. Like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> As it, like, it's not even like this. Like, I saw this uncle too a lot. But these are different uncles than the one from London. Like, this is just a separate story time. And the one who was supposed to give me the money, he was going through a lot financially at the time. Which I get, but at the same time, it's not your money to spend. Like, it was $20 at that. Like, what are you buying for $20 that you couldn't buy with $20 less? So, my mom comes to me. She's like, oh, Uncle Jay gave you $20 and gave it to my other uncle. And I was like, cool. And she was like, the other issue, she was like, the issue is your other uncle spent it. Honestly, I didn't even care about the money. But she was like, call him and say thank you. I was like, girl, I'm not calling him and saying thank you for something I didn't even receive. Like, what is that? My other uncle who spent the money can call him and thank him because that's who really got the money. But anyways, so it was late in London. It was like 10.30 to 11. And I just worked an eight-hour shift. Also, I hate talking to my family members on the phone. I have mad social anxiety. Not really a shock. So I hate talking to them on the phone when it's something, especially when it's something they'd be said in a text. Like, why am I calling you to say thank you? The same way... My father texted me. It's the same I could have texted him. Um, I didn't say that, though, because my parents don't understand that. They're like, how don't you want to talk to your own family? God forbid I find everybody in my family unbearable. I couldn't, I like, I can't count how many birthdays my father has yelled at me because I didn't want to talk on the phone to someone that called him to talk to me for the sixth time that day. But, uh, you know, I literally, I, but I just said to my father, I was like, can I just text him the same way you texted me? Not even like that. I was like, I literally, okay. I was like, okay, I'll just text him. My father was like, no, call him on my phone right now. Mind you, we're still in the parking lot of my job and he's like about to pull off. So I'm like, fine. But I didn't even say it like that. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. Obviously I wasn't doing backflips because remember, this is even something I wanted to do. Um, but once again, me not doing backflips over something he wants me to do meant I was being disrespectful. So he called me disrespectful. I literally was like, I didn't say it like this, but again, I'm very, it's, I'm pissed off. So I'm going to say it in a way that is very, but basically I was like, oh my fucking God. Like I just said, I would call him like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Um, so I was basically like, why are you being a fucking bitch? Like, what do you want me to do? And he started to get angry and like he, he started to get really angry and in like his voice, like I could tell his voice switch. He started to get like angry and ranty. So trigger warning, domestic violence, 
So he starts saying in this like angry voice, he's like, your attitude is. And I cut him off because he's the one with the attitude. Like, what the fuck? Like, I just said I'd call this man and he's getting mad because I didn't say it. And like, uh, I'll call him. Like, so I cut him off because he's not about to start talking about something that he has. Like, stop projecting. Y'all know how much I hate projecting. Stop projecting onto me what the fuck you have. So I cut him off and I'm like, no, your attitude is. And this motherfucking fool, this fucking um, heifer punched me in my face. So I was like, oh, hell no, I didn't punch him back. I wish I did. I really wish I would have fought this motherfucker in that motherfucking car. I mean, he was driving. I don't really give a fuck. Like, we're going to get into an accident. But anyways, I went, I'm, till this day, I'm still mad I didn't punch him in the face. Like, I, so, but anyways, I was like, oh, hell no, you got me messed up. I'm walking home. He was like, you're, no, you're not. So he starts to, like, speed off in the car so I can't uh, jump out. Um, mind you, my job is literally a two-minute drive from my house, which is why I could have walked, but I just didn't really feel like walking after eight hours on my feet. So, he, we get home, and we get in the house, and he tells me to sit down on the couch so he could beat me up. I said, what the fuck, like, like, the audacity, the audacity of parents, immigrant parents, Gen X parents, whatever, whatever type of parents you want to spin it, audacity, why the fuck would I sit there and let you beat my fucking ass, are you crazy, this isn't 1970, I'm, are you crazy, (sighs) anyways, so we're yelling, I'm like, you're fucking stupid, because are you crazy, again, wasn't even cussing him out, didn't even spit one cuss word at this man, I was very, very calm, cool, and collected, but, uh, he would, he, actually, he was the one doing all the yelling, so my mom heard that, she come down, she came down, Mind you, ever since 12 years old, I've been telling my mom to, to divorce my dad, but she a little pussy bitch. So, so, my mom's number one goal in life was to never financially rely on a man. And that's cute and all, but you'll never need to rely on a man if you just never get a man. Like, why is a man your goal in the, anyways, culture, whatever. I'm just, I also hate that excuse. Oh, it's just the culture. Shut the fuck up. You're old enough to know that you don't need a man to be successful. You don't need a man, period. Like, I'm cool with dying without a man, without a, like, I don't need a a significant other. What the fuck? This is my life. What the fuck does somebody, anyway, let me not get, let me not even get into women's independence and not needing a man or not needing to get married. Um, so she achieved that goal, but my father relies completely, relies financially on my mother completely. So it's like, did you really win or did you really win? So fast forward to, so that was on a Friday. So fast forward to that same Sunday. He didn't beat my ass because I was not going down with a fight. He left the house and went out for like four hours. I took my ass to bed. So fast forward to the Sunday. They, they left me home alone that Saturday. So fast forward to that Sunday. We got into it again. This man started threatening me, saying he was going to unalive me, saying that he was going to put me in the hospital because he was going to fucking beat my ass. Bitch, I was not, I was not being no pussy for this shit. <laughs> I was like, fight me, ho, because I was talking my shit. I was like, fight me then, fight me, bitch. And <laughs> this, this, I don't really give a fuck. I was defending myself. I bought, I, I, um, I, I heated up my curling iron, my curling iron to 450 degrees and bought that hoe out. I bought, I was like, bitch, I'm gonna beat your ass with this bubble wand. So, but that was, but that was before he even said he was gonna unalive me. After he said that, I that I felt unsafe because even though I, I was doing, I was talking my shit. Like, I I mean, like I could have fought him, but I was it wasn't that deep. You know, like I wasn't trying to kill this man. I have never wished this man dead. I've never asked for him to die. 
No, but it was one of those things where, like, if he died, I wouldn't give a fuck. But I would never, like... It's just, like, when his time comes, it'll come, you know? So, I called the police. Really, I wanted the ambulance so they could take me the fuck to the hospital and get me the fuck out of this house. Um, obviously, the cops had to come, though. They did some questioning. In the middle of the questioning, the ambulance pulled up. I had the best EMT ever. Shout out to fucking Patty. She's a Pisces as well. Pisces queen. So, I spent the night in the hospital, which literally sucked because I was in a hallway bed and I was on my moon time, and I don't know if you've ever, like, seen the pads they give you in the hospital. They're cheap, long, thick, and they suck. I was in, like, booty shorts, because I was in pajamas. I I, I was on, I only had my pajamas and my phone. I had no cash, no wallet, no ID, no keys, nothing. But that morning, the next morning, that Monday, I woke up because, child, I got the restraining order on him. Because are you fucking crazy? I watched the police escort him the fuck out of my house. This is my house, bitch. <laughs> so, watched the police escort him. Um, he uh, he took the car because I mean I guess you could have that. I didn't. I still didn't sleep in that house for three days because my mom was still home. I was like, bitch. I honestly thought she was gonna be mad at me for that shit. I didn't feel like hearing her fucking mouth because, girl, you literally take care. You literally have a son and a daughter. Not a husband and a daughter. You have a son and a daughter. So, I don't want to hear it from you. But, so, I spent, like, three days. I, like, kind of, like, bounced from my friend's house to my friend's house. Like, I was just staying in different people's houses. Um, Shout out to all my friends who, like, let me crash. Like, gave me clothes, showers, whatever. Oh, my God. Taking a shower after spending the night at the hospital. Blessed. So, basically, I had core... Um, obviously my mom was like, so this man couldn't be in the house at motherfucking all. Um, my mom was like, oh, you're not actually being for what this restraining order, right? Like you're gonna, you're gonna lift it. You're gonna, um, you're, you know, she was like, tell the court that like he can come home. I was like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? Play with your mother, hoe. Are you crazy? By the way, I don't actually be calling my mama hoe and a bitch. Like, when I say that, I'm just saying it. Like, I just say that. You know, like, I call my best friends bitches. Like, obviously not in a disrespectful way. But that's just what I... I don't have to explain myself to y'all. Like, y'all get it. If you get it, the girls that get it, get it. The girls that don't know. So, I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, he just punched me in my face. Like, I'm... No. I was ready to tell the court that... So, basically, what I had to do in court was... Either it was tell the, uh, drop, I could either drop the charges or, um, get a permanent restraining order. Those are my fucking choices. Mind you, this man was broke, didn't have a house, didn't have an apartment, didn't have, his other sister lived in Philly, she was broke, um, that house was not, his other brother in London, like, you know, and his other, other brother in Cameroon, like, he didn't really have options. I didn't give a damn. That has nothing to do with me. Like, you should have thought about that before you put your hands on me. My mom was like, no, like, that's your dad. That's your dad. Here we go. Like, that's your dad. That's your mom. That's your sister. That's your... Who gives a fuck? Like, fuck. Like, what do you mean that... Okay, like, and you're... Okay, so why, as my father, are you punching me in my face? And my mom was being so fucking stupid as if this man didn't put his hands on me. Like, are you crazy? And I said, like, she was just being, again, emotionally unavailable, like, incompetent, ignorant. And I said to her, I was like... Girl, if this was my husband that I was married to for the past 15 years and he put his hands on me, would you tell me to stay or leave? And she got silent. I said, exactly. So don't be changing up the roles when, um, when, because of the relationship. If you would do it for one scenario, 
go for all scenarios because that's ridiculous to me that's so ridiculous so basically after like a week of and he couldn't work because he worked from home my mom was like he's gonna lose his job i don't give a fuck first of all he even had that job for a year because he was unemployed for the past two years munching off my mom's money like girl i don't give a damn if he's gonna lose his job he barely had that shit for eight months girl bye it's bye look i was like what does that have to do with me she kept coming to me talking about please please like what does that have to do with me like girl you are not guilt tripping me into this shit (laughs) so uh so my mom was basically after like a couple days of this because again i had to work too um she was basically like you have to oh my god i'm reaching an hour of recording that's so crazy i didn't think the episode was gonna be this long but and we still have to go through different types of um wounds but basically after like a week of this shit she was like you gotta go you gotta get out of here i was like what the fuck i have to leave she's like because you're ruining everything i said what am i ruining she was like he he had nowhere to stay like da, da, da. i'm not really going to go into the details of like where he was staying what he was doing whatever but i was like again what does that have to do with me she's like well if you're not gonna um go because i i don't even know she was saying that i could go before the court date and tell him i wanted it to be released First of all, why the fuck would I do that even if I could? Second of all, I don't even think you can do that. But anyways, um, she was like, um, well, if you're not going to tell them that you don't want this restraining order anymore, you're going to have to get the hell up out of here. So I was like, where the fuck I'm going to go? Because I have no family and no other family in where I was living, the state that my parents were from. And so I was like, where am I going to my closest family? On my mom's side, it was four hour, four hour drive away. So guess where I had to go? Four hours away. As if I was the fucking problem. Like, how do motherfuckers put their hands on a fucking a person and then I'm the one who has to leave? Like, girl, it's giving picking my boyfriend over my kids. Even though, like, that is my biological dad and they are married. I don't really give a fuck. Like, why are you... And then she wouldn't wonder why we don't have a good relationship. But anyways, so then I was like, okay, fucking cool, I guess. I had to quit my job. Like, cool. Um, And this was just so that he could come back. Uh, Basically, he got the restraining order. Uh, what's the word? Amended. So he could be home from 9 to 5 to work. But I had to leave. So we was doing that little dance for a little bit. I was at the house from 9 to 5 every day. And then um he was home and then when I after five he had a dip and I was home and <laughs> so so basically after that little dance my mom was like you gotta get up out of here I was like um okay cool so I had a I had to quit my job because I couldn't work from a different state this wasn't it was a retail job like I had to quit I barely had to jump for like a month anyways or a month and a half two months whatever so I was like okay whatever I mean I was making money but I mean I guess whatever literally um Went four hours away, um, did all my court dates there, had two court dates, final court date, I'm in, um, I'm down four hours away, and they basically canceled, the, the judge was like, I'm not, she was like, I'm not, like, we're not doing this anymore, she was like, it's, what's the word? She was like, it's, it's, like, it's, it's canceled, not canceled, but like, what's the word, like, when they just drop a case, like, it dropped basically. I remember that day so vividly. Like I was so I was already sobbing. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so I just remember like I didn't even want to like I never wanted to go home again or back to my parents' house. That's not my fucking home. But back to my parents' house, I never wanted to like see anybody. I never want to see my mom. Never want to talk to my mom. Like my mom was like being f- rude. Like she would call me. She was like, oh my god, what happened? And then like. 
Um, I guess my dad told her that it got, or I, no, I told her that it got dropped, and she was like, see, like, it's, see, like, I hung up in that bitch's face, like, shot on my phone, like, I was like, don't, like, you know what I mean, like, whatever. So, so then August comes, and I'm supposed to go to college. First of all, that's a whole nother story that I don't have time to get into today, but basically, my mom was, like, forcing me to go to this place, this college I didn't want to go to, was in a whole different state, didn't want to go there, didn't want to live there, didn't want to be there, since April of that year, so, um, April, May, June, July, all for four months, I've been telling her I don't want to go, she doesn't listen to me, my mom never listens to me, this story, if taught you anything, my mom doesn't listen to me, she doesn't really care how I feel, doesn't care about my mental health, doesn't care about my emotions, okay, period, boom, so, I'm telling her, I'm like, I'm not going, I'm not going, um basically she didn't take that well so she basically thought I was bluffing like for four months she'd be like okay like uh thinking I was gonna go I'm the type of person where if I say I'm not gonna do something I'm not doing it like I will find a way like I will fight ho until I cannot fight anymore bitch I'm very stand-up for myself you are not like you're not living my life for me are you crazy like hoes have their own lives and still try to live through other people's lives like girl just because your life is shitty and it's almost halfway over doesn't mean you get to do that shit with mine let's not do that so I was like okay cool I'm not going she became someone who I've never seen before in my life she basically so I mean at this point I had to go back home because this whole thought I was going and I wasn't going and she became someone who was very nasty she like like seriously threatened to kick me out because like she was like you can be homeless if you're not gonna go to school you could be homeless I was like okay boo like I wasn't scared like nigga, like girl I almost fought a 55 year old I don't even know how my dad is I really don't know how he is but he's 50 something bitch I'm not scared to be homeless like at this point, obviously, I mean, this was literally August. Still very spiritual. Universe always got my back. Like, I'll be on the streets. I don't give a fuck. Like, Jeff Bezos will find me. So, like, type shit. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so yeah. Like, she just came very nasty. Very, very nasty. She put me into a really bad depression. Um, I, again, fought my, fought the hell out of that shit. I was like, I'm not going. Didn't end up going. She wasn't very happy about that shit. I didn't really give a fuck what she wanted. It's my life. Um, so then she kind of came to this, like, we kind of came to this conclusion because she got my whole family involved. Girl, if you can't parent yourself, like, that says a lot about your parenting styles. Like, girl, I just think parents who involve the whole family, then y'all wonder why your kids don't want to be involved in that family. But um, she, I was kind of like, it was kind of like, whatchamacallit, basically the whole family came to the conclusion that I would be going this spring which spoiler alert I'm not in that hoe I'm not there like I'm not there what don't you understand like I make my own choices like I'm living this life like girl bye so um but yeah that's just that story is not even that juicy like it's just like I just didn't go but anyways Oh, so, what the fuck happened between me and my father? Sorry, cliffhanger, lol. So, <laughs> so, this October, um, so, okay, so, in September, his mother died. Um, was never really close to that woman. Saw her, lived with her from, like, three to five, two to five. Um, saw her maybe, like, three more times after that. We, we was never, like, a close relationship. Um... I was cool, um, first of all, the day that she died, he, 
stayed at work, went to work the next day, didn't cry, didn't cry not one time, didn't take off of work. He found out during his break, finished, like, didn't cry. I, my mom was crying. She, my mom's met him, like, her, like, the same amount of times as I'm, like, seen her in my whole life. Like, it, I was like, like, is this, like... Like, I don't even, I don't have any words for that. Like, people are, like, do you understand that just men not expressing their emotions, like, that is so weird to me. Like, that is literally insane. If your mom dies and you're not crying, like, no words, no words, no words, no words. Like, it gets to a point where it's beyond toxic. Like, that is literally terrible. Um... Anyway, so we had this big, like, memorial funeral at my house. Mind you, I'm not talking to my father. I haven't talked to him since June. Since he punched me in my face, have nothing to say to this motherfucker. By the way, those were, like, the best ones of my life. Contrary to popular belief in my family, I... See, the thing is, like, I already told you, I already hated this man. Like, I never wanted to talk to him or be around him. But he never understood. He would still try to talk to me. I'd keep it very short and sweet. He still thought I liked him. I didn't. So this was, like, what I was dreaming about since I was, like, 12. So now it's actually happening, and motherfuckers want to take that away from me? Bye. But anyways, so my whole family, like, has this intervention. They try to force us to be cute. They No, no. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. They try to, they keep trying to force me to talk to him. Somehow, bitch. Somehow, bitch. Somehow, bitch. This is so my fault. I'm the one who has to apologize? I am the victim. Like, if y'all, the, y'all understand. So, I swear to God, I actually hope my family, entire family hears this episode. Because let me tell you something. Y'all are fucking insane. But, like, mental crazy. Do you, do you see this shit? I want you, like, okay. So, I'm, I keep saying no. Because are you fucking, what am I apologizing for? This man punched me in the face. Oh, they're like, oh, well, you didn't have to call the cops on him. That's your dad. Bitch. <laughs> I don't don't even have to put it into words. Y'all already know what I'm. Y'all already know what I'm trying to say. So every time they come to me, it's apologize to your dad. Fuck you. Like I'm never talking to this motherfucker again in my life. Mind you, we still live in the same house. I don't give a fuck. Like bitch, we're roommates at this point, and I don't fucking like you. Like get the fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like um, no. So (laughs) that is so crazy to me so fucking delusional so emotionally unintelligent so fucking ignorant and stupid i cannot put into words like how crazy (sighs) (laughs) so basically come thanksgiving my family is back in my house for thanksgiving we hosted thanksgiving at our house um my father decides to talk to me like he decides to talk to me. He says, um, oh, are you, are you done? Are you, um, are you done? Can we, are you done being mad? Um, at this point I had done tremendous healing work on myself. So I didn't even hate him anymore. I was just like, cool. I was like, cool, dude. It's like, you do you. It's one, one, one right now. And I'm almost, and I'm at one, one, one recording time. And I'm, it's one, one, one o'clock. That's so, that's so cool. Um, <laughs> Angels are like, yep, talk your shit, bitch. Talk your shit, twin. So I'm just like, okay. So I don't really know. From there, we kind of start talking again. Like, I'm just like, cool. So 
my father and I are in contact. Um, I don't hate him, like, literally at all. Like, it's so weird, because you would think after, like, all the shit, I was just talking, like, oh, damn, like, you hate him. Like, I literally don't. My mom, on the other hand, our relationship is fucking trash right now, because she has really showed me um, a disgusting side of herself. And it's very brand new, because every day, she just, I don't even know how to explain that one. Like, she's so ignorant to me. Um so ignorant so ignorant so much stuff so ignorant i don't know if i talked about this in my one sexuality story but when i was talking about getting r-a-p-e-d um she didn't really give a fuck um didn't really react um try to tell me like she's always like it's fine like my dad punching me fine getting r-a-p-e-d fine like you know but but somehow it's always my fault or somehow it's always me like you know she's like well you gotta be the person who girl shut up like I can never I can never have time to be a victim I can never have time to be sad it's always like why are you always holding on to the past girl get your dumb ass so anyways that's the end of that story um now I'm gonna be talking about I took this quiz back in November so I mean I probably changed since then um i'll try to put the link below it's on selftherapyjourney.com and it basically tells you which um wounds that you have which childhood wounds do you have and it tells you your score and i don't really remember how long it was couldn't have been longer than 20 minutes so i'm gonna go through each wound and what i scored so the first wound abandonment wound i scored 100 out of 100 and they give me an example under each one so after being taken care of for a while i was abandoned and now i'm afraid of being left again uh 100 of 100 period it's so weird it's i guess so because it's not like i'm i ever get into relationships or friendships and i'm like please don't like i'm not an anxious attachment bitch i'm avoiding but it's like it's like get the fuck away from me so that you don't like it's like if you're over there you can't leave me not so much like i need you to not leave me i don't need shit Okay, I got 100 out of 100 for basic deficiency wound. Because of what happened to me, I feel like I'm fundamentally flawed. Yes, because every single time I go on social media, I always see um, everything I do is a, um, is a, whatchamacallit, is a trauma response. Do you know how traumatizing that is? Fawning. I didn't know that was a trauma response. Um, what else? There are so many. I always, I keep, I, I cry about this every time I see something because it's so fucking sad. It's like, I be thinking that I'm operating normal and I'm not. It's a trauma. Oh, um, maldactive daydreaming. Oh, I just thought I was a really good actress. <laughs> like, just so much stuff and it's so sad. I scored 100 out of 100. This is my last 100 out of 100. I scored 100 out of 100 out of the not being seen wound. I was not seeing and appreciated for who I was. Obviously, nothing was ever good enough unless it was 108 pluses. 92 out of 100 for the domination wound. I was dominated and controlled, and now I, lo- I allow people to control me or I'm afraid of that happening again. Obviously, a father who's addicted to power. Um, he, um, I hate being controlled. I'm very, well, I also have trouble speaking up because I was never allowed to. I'm very resilient, though. Oh, Oh, wait, no. Okay. 92 out of 100 for the need wound. I wasn't adequately nurtured or cared for, and now I feel empty and needy. 
I mean, probably. I don't really feel that one as much, but probably. All right. 83 out of 100 for the judgment wound. I was judged harshly and frequently, and now I feel inadequate and bad about myself. Um, yeah, probably. Um, 75 out of 100 for the attacked wound. I was yelled at, hit, or exposed to violence, and now I'm afraid of people's anger. Yeah, um, so during this, literally during this whole domestic violence abuse, I was in the relationship with my narcissistic partner, and he was just as angry. He would never put his hand on a woman. He made that very clear. He hates that shit, but he very, yeah, very exposed to violence, and I felt like I was walking around eggshells around him. It was a terrible relationship. Wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. 67 out of 100 for the shame wound. I was publicly ridiculed and embarrassed, and now I feel ashamed of myself. Publicly? I mean, yeah. My mom, um, yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, 58 out of 100 for the violation wound. I was in, I was intruded on, smothered, or abused. Obviously, I didn't have privacy growing up. My mom didn't really care about my boundaries, whatever. The guilt wound. I was repeatedly, I can't really see this one because it's covered by something, but I can read, I'll read as much as I can see. I was repeatedly made to feel guilty about, and then I can't see what's passed about, and then I think it's just I have trouble forgetting myself. Um, yeah, I mean, I would see guilt chipped a lot, and then, yeah, that's very true. I feel guilty sometimes about things that I do that are good for me and my uh, mental health and peace, and I feel guilty because mommy wouldn't agree. 50 out of 100 for the unlovable wound. Because of what happened to me, I believe that I am not lovable. Yeah, I can see that. That's that's a very, like, unconscious thing. Like, consciously, I don't, like, really act like that or feel like that. But, yeah, like, definitely if I was very intimate with someone, that would definitely come up. 50 out of 100 for rejection. When I reached out for connection, I was dismissed, period. And now I don't expect people to like me or want me. Again, that's probably, that's like an underlying thing. Like, when I have a close relationship with someone, I feel like they get, oh, I can see the gut wound. Okay, it says, I was repeatedly made to feel guilty about things that I did and now I can't forgive myself, period. Okay, second to last, 42 out of 100 for the exploitation I was used to meet my parents' needs. I don't really know, like, what that one means. Like, what? Used in what way? I I, I mean, like, I guess, because I almost scored 50, but it's like, I don't know. I guess, it, it, I don't know if it means in a way, like, they made me feel bad about myself and projected so they'd feel better about themselves. Like, because that one is, like, for sure. I don't know. Okay, and then lastly, though, the betrayal wound, I scored a 25 out of 100, that was my lowest one, I trusted a caregiver, and was betrayed by them, and now I have a hard time trusting anyone, see, that was showed up more recently, this past summer with my mom, so that's probably why it's the lowest, but, like, I feel like if I, if I retook the test, it would probably be a lot higher, um, yeah, I definitely, I don't know, like, when it comes to trust, I, I can't trust people once they take advantage of my trust, but when it comes to, um, like, trusting people, you know how a lot of people have trust issues? I definitely don't. I definitely, a lot of people, it's like, you have to show me I can trust you before I trust you. For me, at least, like, before meeting my last partner, I haven't really needed to trust anyone, like, that I've never met before since this. But I'm very, like, um, I'll trust you until you give me a reason not to. And that is very dangerous for me because... Why am I letting people, like, 
see me in ways that they don't need to when I don't even trust them but yeah I recommend taking the test um just to see where you score see where you're at see what you need to heal see what you need to work on so I guess the big question now is like how do we heal these wounds I like that's such a loaded question obviously I don't know everybody's childhood I don't know you know what everybody's like I would do journal prompts shadow work meditate um there's this Hawaiian prayer it's called homopono <laughs> and you can do that you can do mantras you could do um hypnosis you could do therapy definitely recommend therapy to anyone everyone whether you had a bad childhood or not whether you're aware or not um if you're in a romantic relationship i think it's especially important to do these because a lot of your childhood wounds will show up there um i think forgiveness for sure forgiving yourself forgiving your parents connecting with inner child you do a lot of inner child work dude like childhood trauma literally affects the way you move throughout your life the way you are in relationships the type of people you attract um this type of stuff you receive the opportunities the whatever definitely definitely um yeah for sure so there is so much to do you can get a personal coach for that i would listen to jake woodard um the awake with jake show it's a podcast he talks a lot about um wounds he had the kind of same relationship i did with my father lots of physical abuse going on and he um you know alicia keys um i watched her little youtube series and i watched her episode with her father um i liked that one a lot um now for me understand that it wasn't your fault obviously understand that before like when i was really going through it with my father and everybody's like that's just the way he was raised i hated that shit because i was like you know like you're old enough to understand or like my mom because when you're emotionally intelligent and aware it's so hard for people like how does my mom not understand why i wouldn't want to not um lift the restraining order because he literally punched me in my face and he's supposed to be my father and why would she not understand why i think that she should divorce him because he put his hand on his kid it's so hard for me to understand why she doesn't do those things or why she doesn't understand how i feel but at the same time it's like it's just who she is like i and i and i've um and i'm coming off seeking her validation for things because again no matter what i do i feel like she'll never be able to like she'll never be proud of me or unless i'm going to school or you know doing what she wants me to do and what she's really trying to do is live her life through me which i won't allow so uh, yeah understanding that i don't think they did the best they could do i definitely think they could have done better i think they have the capacity and the ability to do better but their best it's okay to say their best wasn't good enough because it wasn't i think that we need to stop like with gen z and millennials like they did the best they could do or they like you're allowing them to not take accountability like i don't i'm not giving my mom a pass and like that makes her upset she's like well why can't you just no like girl i can understand that you're emotionally um unintelligent but i'm not allowing that to be because you don't even try to understand and i'm not letting you slide with that shit because girl so 
I definitely, obviously, I've, I think I talked about this before, but I believe in cutting off people that are good or that aren't good for you, whether it's like an entire family or just parents or siblings. Like, again, if you would tell me to do it for a romantic partner or friends or a boss or a company or a job or a school, it shouldn't be different for literally any other situation. If it's not good enough for one, it's not good enough for all. So yeah um this is like a really really longest episode literally um but at the same time i feel like it's a good like it was long which is good for i won't be talking to you guys for like a month so i feel like it was also good for that if you listen to this entire thing i love you so much and i also want to know if you guys like long episodes or short ones i don't know i feel like i like long episodes when i have stuff to do like if i'm on a road trip i'd play this episode but i don't know um anyways um thank you so much for tuning in i'll talk to you guys in may um again 30 day meditation challenge coming up next week starting next week and yeah thank you so much love you bye